Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is uh, a little different episode. It's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story. It's kind of what I'm learning so far on my eBay journey. And even though I've sold singles on eBay through ComC for many years and, and, and actually done pretty well, eBay is a huge marketplace. But now I figured it's time for me to sell some of my thematic groups of cards, stuff that doesn't go on ComC, and that starting out with players, but could also include sets and other kinds of themes where I could put up a group and get some uh, action on it, either uh, buy it now or auction, uh, whatever the case may be. So first, thanks sponsors, uh, Upper Deck, Tops, and Panini. Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and then Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So eBay, I knew before I got started, because I, I bought stuff on eBay, not that much, but I never really sold. But I bought, and I, I knew that eBay, basically, they prefer auctions, and they love for you to boost or promote the auctions that you have. I knew that. I knew they preferred for you to have as a seller to have free shipping and that you need to be timely in your shipping. I know they prefer that you be a power seller or, or get a store and really lock in with them. They like lots of positive feedback and certainly the, the bidders or the buyers do too. They appreciate specificity that you're describing the lots really well in uh, words and in your title, but also with lots of pictures. So what am I doing? I'm doing almost none of that. I'm doing some of that, but very little uh, because I'm doing fixed price right now. I'm not doing any boosting or special promoting. I'm just trying to see what's going to sell. I'm not doing free shipping. I'm charging shipping uh, basically at cost. Uh, and I am shipping quickly because I've got the, the lots ready to go pre-made. I don't have a store at this point. I've got very little feedback. <laughs> I don't have any negative feedback, but I don't have very much feedback at all. So the feedback is increasing slowly. My descriptions are pretty understated. I don't want to overpromise. I just want people to think, hey, that sounds interesting. It's not that much money. And then I'm not spending a lot of time taking a bunch of pictures, which I, again, the more pictures you have, I think the better, the more they like that, but it just takes a lot of time to take a lot of pictures. So I'm uh, sometimes just having one representative picture. And I've got to say, these are the cards or these are examples of cards. And in every case so far, they, they are the cards plus more. So again, this has been a little bit of a test. And so one of the first decisions I made is, am I going to count the cards? If I'm going to sell a group of, and I'll use Jose Conseco as an example for Tanner Jones' sake, but if I were going to sell a bunch of Jose Conseco cards, do I want to just say, am I going to count? I've got 100 cards here. Maybe, it, is it exactly 100? I'd have to count them. Uh, but if I put them in a 100-count box, I could say it's it's a 100-count box full of Jose Conseco cards. And they could figure out, well, maybe that's 90, maybe it's 100, maybe it's whatever. But if I counted, that's going to take time. I don't really want to spend a lot of time counting. And even if I do count, if I say it's 100 cards, maybe I really ought to make it 105 or 110 just to make sure they're happy. Then you're really selling them 110 cards. And then if they don't like 10 of them, they got 10 for free. But I decided not to count. I'm just going to fill up the box. So I'm going to say it's a 100-count box or 200-count box or whatever, and it's it's full. So it's probably a little bit less than that in terms of cards based on the thickness of, of uh, the newer cards. And I decided to go fixed price, which is turned into a Dutch auction, apparently. Because when I put my price out there, turns out, I don't get any offers. <laughs> and so I lower the price and eBay makes suggestions for lowering the prices uh, systematically. It takes a little bit longer than I thought, but there's ways to automate that a little bit. And that's been a learning space, but I want to know what the price is where things uh, sell. But regardless of what I do, it just seems like normally want a deal and they're typically going to make an offer. And that's what I've seen here in this first six weeks or so. In fact, if they buy immediately without making an offer and no questions, uh, perhaps I price the lot too low. 
But my expectations, I'm a price guide guy, which is not where you need to look. These are cards, a lot of base cards, some inserts, and these are the cards I'm not sending to ComC. So I think I have reasonable expectations. Some of the cards that I'm putting in this lot of, say, 100 Jose Consecos came from a dollar box purchase. It turned out to be a poor choice in retrospect. If you're pulling out an insert and you think this looks interesting, that's probably going to be good, and you find out, no, it's really not that good, I'll throw it in the box of the Jose Consecos that are going to go to eBay. But don't feel sorry for me because they weren't all coming from dollar boxes. Some of them were from these larger lots that I purchased. Occasionally, lately, I've been purchasing some bigger lots of thousands of cards at a show. Estate sales, pre-COVID, I'd picked up a few collections. And then Huggins and Scott has been my go-to auction house for some of these big conglomerate lots that seem interesting. And Rich knows, I, I go through the catalog and he's he can see now which ones I might be interested in that have... Uh, variety and just it's been fun but there i'm in it cents a card not dollars per card i'm not hurting on that but i've preached i think about the sunk cost fallacy that once you've spent the money and you bought it what you're in it for is not as relevant as what you can get for it now and if i'm selling these cards for an average of a nickel dime or a quarter really i'm losing money on anything i bought out of a dollar box and if you consider the sorting time and even though i enjoy sorting there still is some implicit cost in that. So if you're selling groups of cards, even if they have book value of 50 cents to a dollar or even more, but you're only selling for a nickel a dime, are you losing money? Well, you're you're getting money. You may be losing money in a sense, but your choice is to hold on to the cards or to sell them at the best price you can get. And I'd probably hold on to them. I thought they were going to go up in value, but these are not cards that are going to be high demand. They're not bad cards. They're just not, they're not great cards. So what I've decided, to keep it simple, is I decided to sell kind of medium-sized lots so I could put them in the uh, USPS, the United States Postal Service, uh, flat rate padded envelope. So I got the lots pre-made, put them on the shelf, they're ready to go. If somebody buys it, then I just got to print the label. And I'm printing the label through eBay. They give you a slight discount on the postage. But they're also taking a cut of the shipping. <laughs> so if I'm charging for the shipping, they want a cut of that too, not just the price of the thing. And I've found that it's not simple to squeeze 800 cards, padded, flat rate, envelope. That you don't just slide it in there and close it off. It's trickier than I thought. And most of my lots are $50 plus or minus. And the reason that's good, again, not not everybody wants to do this, but if you are doing this, that's your automatic insurance for that level of postage, and you get the tracking included, and you're probably not going to have problems with theft and the supposedly non-delivery. So I haven't had any shipments that have been lost. Now, if I were doing much more expensive stuff, that would be bad. And if I'm doing much cheaper, then it's not worth it. And I also found out that I didn't realize at the beginning is that I needed to be much more upfront explicitly about my willingness to combine shipping for multiple orders. And as soon as I did that, I started getting people to order more than one because they it almost like getting free shipping for the second order. I thought that'd be obvious. Uh, apparently, I'm going to be more explicit about it going forward. This month, however, I'm going to be trying some auctions because all ever, heretofore, all I've been doing is, is uh, fixed price where I set the price, and if it don't get any interest, I'll lower it a little bit. So I'm just going to try some auctions. And I've talked about this for a long time, is that, that doing the auctions, the decision you make is how long the auction is, and I'll probably just do seven-day auctions. <laughs> what minimum bid do you put on it? You put 99 cents, you may sell it for 99 cents if nobody sees it with Mr. Low Feedback here. So I don't want to put too high of an auction minimum bid and, and get no bids, a waste and kind of embarrassing but I don't want to make it too cheap either. So I'm going to be experimenting with that. I'll report as I go, as I learn. I don't know if you do it for the lowest you're willing to sell something for. That may still be too high to get people into it. 
Okay, lastly, I've mentioned many times my 1% rule that I'm trying to sell 1% a month and I am actually doing that on ComC. I've got a lot of stuff out there and it seems 1% of what's there sells every month and that's really cool. So that's happening and that's hands-free and I appreciate a ComC holding. Now I have to do the work of pricing it and, and all that. But my 1% rule... Uh, so far, I'm only working it with uh, ComC. I'm going to try to work that with these eBay a lot. So of the lots that I have, and I have hundreds of these lots because there's lots of players out there. So I could see this happening on eBay. And it seems like I did more than 1% of obviously of what I put out there the first month. And so I think that's going to work. And I'm looking forward to that. Again, when it gets boring or frustrating, I'll quit doing it. But right now I'm, I'm still learning. And I think I can apply that same 1% strategy to some of the memorabilia I have. It's a little bit more common. I've got lots of publications that take up a lot of room. Some of these, uh, not vintage sets, but the non-vintage sets from the last uh, few decades and obviously not stuff from the 50s. And miscellaneous. And the stuff that takes up space and has enough value that I'm just not going to uh, give it away. But it's not good enough to give it to Heritage Auctions or Huggins and Scott. But I need to harvest it. And I'm going to try eBay. I'll let you know how that works. I'll I'm going to try things as I go. But this does not mean I'm doing a 1% strategy of selling 1% a month for everything because there's certain collections I have that I really believe should be kept intact. And one of those might be my card wall. I don't want to sell 1% of my card wall. And I'm going to delete stuff from the card wall and then I can sell it. But I think I'm going to keep some of these things intact. But my 1% strategy uh, will not be applied to, I think, my minor league set collection. I've got a really strong and probably world-class baseball minor league set collection. Somebody may want that in totality. I'm not sure how to transact that, but I, I don't want to piecemeal it out. Uh, same thing, I've got a, a huge collection of hockey junior sets, not even minor league, but the juniors, but also minor leagues too. So I think I'll keep that intact. Football, college sets, same thing. I've got an awful lot of those. It's pretty complete for the years I did. And uh, rather than selling one or two here and there and 1% a month, same thing with NASCAR diecast. I've got a number of boxes of NASCAR diecast, probably keep them intact and uh, sell to somebody that wants them all. And the sportscasters cards that have come up in some of these other podcasts, I've got a big hoard of those, a couple complete sets, I think. I don't want to just pull out the Gretzky, get it graded and sell it. Yeah. So 1% rule, not for everything, certainly not for my high-end stuff that's going to be third-party auctioned. And I don't have that locked in of where it's going to go, but I certainly want to give an edge to Heritage and Huggins and Scott, who've been my podcast sponsors. But I, I don't really want to reduce the good stuff that I really enjoy. So either when I'm gone or when the end is near, not to get into too many of these mortality things, but I'd love for that stuff to get into the hands of somebody that would really enjoy it. But that's me right now. <laughs> as, I, as I say, the Jose Canseco stuff, it's easy to remember that, is that my Jose Canseco cards, I've, I've got a number of good ones. I, I know who would want that, but I'd want it to go to some of the people that would really appreciate it and not just sell it as one big group that goes to a dealer that then gets parceled out and uh, a bunch of middlemen. I'd like to get it into the hands of the person that really appreciates it. So thanks everybody. And uh, I will keep you posted on my eBay experience. It's been enough of a learning to put up with the, the drudgery, although the, I found out that there's some shortcuts of how you can get these things mailed more efficiently and all that. So I've been a learning experience. I love to learn and I love this hobby. So thanks everybody. See you tomorrow.